0: If I ask people to give me examples of whole grains, most of the time people can only think of one thing, whole wheat bread or whole grain bread. That's all they can think of. They can't even think of what is a whole grain. And so that's why I wanted to familiarize you with these different types of grains and teach you more about why they're beneficial. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hello veggie lovers and welcome to a solo episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. Today I'm gonna talk to you about whole grains. That's right, because I felt like this when I was a food for life instructor and I was teaching cooking classes. This was one of the ones, this was one of the categories of plant foods that I think a lot of people don't know that much about. Beans, I covered first because that one's a priority and I feel like people don't have familiarity with cooking beans, but whole grains is one of those things that I think is completely misunderstood. Before I talk more about whole grains, I wanna thank Courtney Bolstrom. Thank you so much for helping me do some of the research for this episode, I really appreciate it. So what are whole grains? So whole grains are the grain of any cereal or pseudo cereal that contains three parts, endosperm, germ, and bran. So for a grain to be considered a whole grain, it has to have all three parts, endosperm, germ, and bran. So true whole grains are derived from the Poetia family. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But there are also pseudo cereals that are included in the category of whole grains. I'm gonna talk to you more about those later. And that's because they're prepared similarly and have similar nutrition profiles. In 2019, there was a global initiative that was undertaken to define whole grains as containing all three edible parts of this grain of cereal. Like I said, endosperm, germ, and bran. So in order to be called the whole grain, it has to have all three parts, even if it is minimally processed, like it's broken down, made a little bit you know, easier to cook and digest, it has to have all three parts relative to the intact kernel. Whenever we refine grains, what we're doing is we are removing the germ and the bran and eating only the endosperm. So I wanted to show you a picture, for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, it's gonna be a little bit of a glare, but I wanted to show you what that means. So for those that are listening, the brand, so it just looks like a little seed, like a picture of a little seed cut in half. So you just cut it long ways and you look at it. And the outside shell is the bran. And this is generally what gives things that brown color. It's the brand, it has a ton of fiber, but it also has lots of B vitamins in it. Then on the inside, which is the majority of the little seed that you see, is the endosperm. That's mostly carbohydrates. And then there's this tiny little piece on the inside called the germ, and that is very nutrient rich. It has antioxidants, vitamin E, B vitamins, but it also has fat. So it's funny, whenever you look at this little picture, It kind of reminds me of an egg. So you know how in an egg, you have the shell, then you have the white part, then you have the yolk. So the germ is kind of like the yolk because it's got fat, it's got nutrients. And then you have the endosperm, which is the majority of like that white part that's mostly carbohydrates. And then you have the bran, which is the shell, which is protective, has fiber. Now, a lot of whole grains also have a hole on the outside that's not edible. So the parts that I'm describing are the edible parts of the whole grain. We can actually cook these and eat them. The whole, that's not edible. So we usually remove that prior to cooking. So that's not part of the whole grain that I'm referring to. That has to be removed before we can eat it. So like I said, when we refine grains, and we make refined flours, refined grain products, we are removing both the germ and the bran. However, that removes the majority of the nutrient parts, nutrient-dense parts of the grain. So you're removing the majority of the fiber, the protein, the fat, iron, B vitamins, and vitamin E. And one of the reasons that they do this on purpose whenever we are Producing food to be packaged is because the germ has fat in it. It is rich in fat, and fats are more likely to go rancid. And so they take that off so that it can be shelf stable for a longer period of time. But they strip so much of the nutrients away that then basically you have this low nutrient food that's left. Because of that, And because that can cause nutrient deficiencies, if that's the majority of what you eat, they started enriching food. So there's this term called enriching or enriched. I talked about this when I talked about the Nutrients of Concern series last year in 2020. I didn't know any of this until I started researching it myself. But an enriched food is basically a food that because of the refining process, you took away a lot of the nutrients, so then you add it back in as like a supplement inside the food. It's ridiculous! So you're taking away all of this natural fiber, you're taking away iron, calcium, all this stuff, so then you put it back in before you sell it, but you put it in a way that makes it more shelf-stable. So if you see that term enriched, it means that vitamins and minerals have been added back into the product because they were stripped away during the refining process. So humans have been consuming grains for over 17,000 years. And I saw this really cool anthropological study that you probably heard of from the Medical University of Vienna in 2014. So they did some cool studies on some bones they found from ancient gladiators They evaluated their teeth and also their bones, and they found that they ate a mostly vegetarian diet, and they ate grains and beans. So these gladiators were often known as barley eaters because they ate a lot of barley because it was the less expensive grain that they could acquire, but they were gladiators. That's what they did for a living. They were like these strong men that fought things, and they were, subsisting on a predominantly vegetarian diet with a lot of beans and grains. They even did this thing which they, you know, they were surmising from the studies that they would drink this substance from the ash of plants, basically. So that they were basically trying to get even more calcium and iron out of the foods. Uh, Like this drink that they would have, like a recovery drink. It was like the ancient recovery drink. Super interesting. So we've been consuming grains for a long time, 17,000 years, and there are approximately 22 whole grains in the world, but under those, there's different varieties. For example, brown rice is a whole grain, but under brown rice, you have volcano rice, which is a pinkish rice. You have red rice, black rice, long grain, short grain, sticky rice, you know, so there's all different varieties of rice under the category of rice. What are the common whole grains that we see here in the United States, in this country? Barley, corn, millet, oats, rice, rye, sorghum, teff, which I would say teff is not commonly seen. I know about it because my son's Ethiopian, so I'm more familiar with it. But you may have never even heard of teff. But they are starting to put some of these less well-known grains here in the United States into other foods, into other processed foods, so you may see it if you're reading labels. Triticali, I think it's pronounced triticali, which is a cross between wheat and rye, wheat and wild rice. So corn is one of the ones that I mentioned. Corn is super interesting. Did you know that corn can be classified as both a vegetable and a grain? So whenever you eat it fresh, like you just take the corn on the cob and you're cooking it, boiling it, whatever, that's considered a starchy vegetable. But when it is dried into a kernel, that is considered a whole grain. Super cool. So speaking of wheat, there's all kinds of varieties of wheat. Wheat is one of the most common or the most common grain that we consume in the United States, but there's all different kinds of varieties and you may have never heard of any of these before. Spelt, emmer, farro, einkorn, kamut, durum, bulgur, crack wheat, and wheat berries. And then there's whole grains that I hadn't even heard of before because I don't think we consume them in this country. They're more common in other countries. They have very interesting names. So Canary Seed, Job's Tears, Montana, Timothy, and Phonio. So some of these are more common in other countries and we may not have access to them here. I've never tried because I never had heard of them. So I may start looking for, I actually had heard of Phonio because on Instagram, I saw one of the companies that was selling it, and I was like, what is that? It looked really yummy. Then there's also pseudo grains. So remember earlier when I was talking to you about the difference between a whole, like a true whole grain, that's the po- poesia family, but there's also pseudo-grains, and you may have heard of a couple of these. There's amaranth, which is tiny and so cute, quinoa which is super trendy right now and buckwheat so they're classified as whole grains because we prepare them similarly usually we boil them eat them similarly and they have similar nutrition profiles but they're not technically from that same family of whole grains so what about gluten people worry about gluten uh, and i just wanted to touch on that briefly i remember which of the whole grains contain gluten by the abbreviation brow, like your eyebrow. So that's barley, rye, oats, and wheat. Now oats don't inherently have gluten, it's just that often through the growing and processing of oats, there's cross-contamination. So you can get certified gluten-free oats if you are a person that is gluten sensitive or has celiac disease. But also remember that with wheat, there's a bunch of different grains under wheat that have different names because they're ancient grains or slightly different varieties of wheat. So if you do have celiac disease, if you are very uh, sensitive or if you have wheat allergy, you need to know what these things are, which I, said above. Now the ones that I named are all whole grains. There's also processed forms of wheat that have all kinds of names. So if you are one of these people that need to watch out for wheat or gluten, then make sure that you familiarize yourself with that. Okay, so in the United States, and I found this when I taught my cooking classes. If I asked people to give me examples of whole grains, Most of the time, people can only think of one thing, whole wheat bread or whole grain bread. That's all they can think of. They can't even think of what is a whole grain. And so that's why I wanted to familiarize you with these different types of grains and teach you more about why they're beneficial. So whole wheat bread, whole wheat cereal is the most typical way that Americans consume whole grains. But those are not intact whole grains. I want you to start thinking about intact whole grains, not flowers. And now for a very important message. Hey veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. Okay, so when they are intact, they are in the most whole form possible, which has so many advantages compared to processed grains. So let's talk about it in terms of different levels of processing. Oats is another common whole grain that we consume, but most of the time people are probably making quick oats, maybe rolled oats, but the most whole form of oats is actually called oat groats. It's adorable little grain. It takes forever to cook. Why does it take forever to cook? Because it is so whole. So you go from oat groats. If you cut it up a couple of times, that's steel cut oats. If you take the oat groats and you smash it, you roll it and flatten it, make it into like a little disc, that's called rolled oats. If you take the rolled oats and you cut it up a bunch of time, times, that is the quick cooking oats. So as you can see, quick cooking oats is more processed than the oat groats. But it's still considered whole because it's got those three parts in it. It's got the germ and the bran included. It's just that because it's so broken down, it's already pre-processed for you. So whenever you eat that, you're going to absorb the nutrients from it faster, including the glucose that's released, okay? So I just wanted to just give you a little picture of why it's, it's different, why an intact whole grain can be different. So the top three grains that we eat in the United States are whole wheat, oats, and brown rice. But I wanna, I wanna go on a little rant right now because I wanna talk about one of my pet peeves when it comes to carbs. You know how people are always talking about Carbs, okay, and how we eat so many carbs nowadays. Well, it's true. We eat a lot of everything, like we're eating more calories than ever in the history of humanity. But when people think of refined grain products, the first thing they think about is carbohydrates, which is true. It's got refined flour usually, or maybe even enriched flour. I'll talk to you about that more in a little bit. But usually the second ingredient is fat. So I wanna tell you a little story. This is really funny. My husband and I were in the car one day and I look down and I see that there is an empty bag of Gardettos. And this is like one of my husband's um, little, I guess, I don't wanna call it a guilty pleasure, but it's one of those things that he had this routine that whenever he would go skiing, He would ski all morning. He would pretty much ski through lunch, maybe take a break to have a beer or something. But on the way home, he would stop by the gas station that's close to the ski resort, use the bathroom fuel up, and get a bag of Gardettos. Now he was getting the five ounce bag of Gardettos. So this isn't just like your little mini snack size. This is a pretty substantial bag of Gardettos, and he would eat the whole thing. However, he was oblivious to what he was eating. He just knew that he really liked Gardettos. I personally can't stand Gardettos because they're way too salty, plus it just doesn't taste good to me, so I would always tease him about the Gardettos. So this one day, we're in the car, and he has the empty bag, and just because I didn't have anything else to do, I took the bag, I turned it over, And I was shocked and I said, oh my gosh, Brad, do you know the nutrition facts for this? And he's like, yeah, it's not that bad. Well, the problem is one day I think he had glanced at the nutrition facts, but it had five servings in it. So it had, because it was a five ounce bag, it was the nutrition facts for one serving was one ounce times five. So let me just tell you the nutrition facts for this bag of Gardettos. It was the original flavor. It had 750 calories, 30 grams of fat, and 1,600 milligrams of sodium. The first ingredient was enriched flour. So remember, that was like a refined flour that they stripped everything away and then they added vitamins to. The second ingredient was vegetable oil. After I told him the nutrition facts of that bag, he was so shocked, he could not believe it, that he swore he was not gonna have Gardetto's again. Because <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't realize he was consuming all of that. You know, like It was mostly fat. The calories from that bag of Gardetto's was actually mostly coming from that 30 grams of fat. And so much sodium, almost two grams of sodium, a gram and a half of sodium for one little snack, it's incredible. So whenever we talk about these refined carbohydrates, just know that most of the time when we're eating these chips and cookies and crackers, and it's not just carbs, it's mostly fat and lots of salt and sugar, So I just got curious and I started looking at nutrition facts for different other common snacks that we eat. And of course, I wanted to look up goldfish crackers because I feel like that's like uh, the perpetual snack of childhood is the goldfish crackers. It was pretty much the same. So about the same amount of goldfish crackers, about five to six ounces, 700 calories, 30 grams of fat, 1,250 milligrams of sodium, so at least it had a little bit less sodium, but very, very high in sodium, plus goldfish crackers have real cheese in them. It has you know, milk products, so it also has cholesterol. And I know adults who eat goldfish crackers, and you can't just usually stop at one handful, you know? So remember that these processed foods are refined. Part of the reason that they refine them is so that they can be more shelf-stable, But because they take everything out, they taste awful. So they have to put a bunch of stuff in, including fat, salt, sugar, rich crackers. I looked that one up because that used to be one of my favorites from childhood. And I know why it used to be one of my favorites because not only did it have very similar amounts of fat and salt, but it also had sugar and high fructose corn syrup. So yum, those were were hitting my bliss point because it had the sugar in addition to the fat. I don't want my sugar unless I got fat with it. So anyway, just, I want you to start thinking about refined products, processed, hyper-processed, ultra-processed products as having all of these things, added sugar, added salt, lots of added fat to make it really, really yummy and delicious and hyper-palatable, okay? So I don't want anybody walking around blaming carbs on anything whenever you're talking about Gardetto's or goldfish crackers. That is not carbs. That is a refined grain plus a bunch of fat and salt. Okay. So end of rant. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Okay, so let's talk more about whole grains because we're 20 minutes in and I still haven't talked to you about why I want you to eat them. They're health-promoting, they're delicious, they're satisfying, they're so yummy. So what are the healthful components of whole grains? Fiber, when it's intact. Intact whole grains have fiber, they have phytonutrients, they have minerals, they're high in resistant starch. Remember when I talked to you in the bean episode? These feed our gut microbiome, our gut bacteria get so happy oligosaccharides, lignans, which are so good for our heart, decrease risk of cancer, phytosterols and antioxidants. So they are so health promoting. What are the health benefits? So studies have found that three plus servings of whole grains per day reduce cardiovascular disease and mortality by 30% over 10 years, that's amazing. Diets high in whole grains have been shown to decrease LDL cholesterol, triglycerides, and blood pressure while increasing HDL cholesterol, which is your good cholesterol. They also make you feel more full because they make the emptying of your stomach go slower, so you have food in your stomach longer, which helps you feel more full. It also increases your insulin sensitivity, so your insulin works better and controls your blood sugar better. They decrease cancer risk by 34% when compared to diets that are low or have no whole grains in them, and 17% reduction in colorectal cancer with 90 grams of whole grains, so about three ounces of whole grains per day. Three servings per day is associated with 32% decreased risk of type 2 diabetes. So we talk about grains, we talk about carbohydrates, but just... Please know that in this country, most people are not eating intact whole grains. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, a parent's guide to intuitive eating how to raise kids who love to eat healthy available in paperback ebook and audiobook through all major online booksellers are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child for more information visit dryamicom forward slash book and now back to the episode And whenever you eat intact whole grains, because it has so much fiber, because it's, you know, in this shell, in this brand shell, our body breaks it down differently. The sugar rises slowly. It's not the same thing as whenever you eat this enriched, refined flour product that immediately just gets released into your bloodstream. Okay. It's different. So People get confused because they think, oh, whole grains, that's really high in carbs. It's got to be bad for diabetes. No, because you're not eating intact whole grains. So start eating intact whole grains and see how that affects you. It's going to decrease your risk of diabetes. For, but for people who already have diabetes and might be trying to manage their diabetes better or potentially even reverse type 2 diabetes, you want to stick with the intact whole grains. They're satisfying, they taste delicious. And with the fiber, the amount of sugar that gets released into your bloodstream is going to be less over time. Okay, so those are the health benefits. What are the nutrients that we find in whole grains? Protein. Again, protein. Remember, that protein is found in all whole plant foods, including brown rice. It's there. But if you take the bran and you take the germ away, your protein content is gonna go down. So that's why you want to eat them in whole form. So there's protein, there's antioxidants, minerals such as magnesium, manganese, zinc, copper, iron, selenium, B vitamins. That is why whole grains are so good for your bones as well and why these ancient gladiators were eating their beans and their grains because it was good for their bones. You need all of these different minerals and vitamins to act alongside of calcium to help make bones strong short fun fact here corn actually has the highest antioxidant content of all whole grains and oats and barley have beta glucan which has been shown to decrease cholesterol and remember how i talked about teff earlier sure teff has twice the iron and three times the calcium of other whole grains in ethiopia they use teff to make this sourdough pancake called injetta. And this is what they use to eat their food. So it's kind of like Tef is to Ethiopia as corn tortillas are to Mexico, where you you know how you can use the corn tortillas to get all the yumminess and all the soupy stewy stuff and put all your things inside and eat it. So that's how they use injetta, which they use Tef to make injetta, but it's fermented. So we'll talk about that in a little bit about fermentation as well. So, speaking of that, actually, I'm gonna talk about it now. Antinutrients. So, yes, I already told you in the bean episode. I I've I've read these books. I I know that there's concern out there about these phytates and lectins and how they're going to kill us all. But yes, they can interfere with absorption of iron, calcium, zinc, and magnesium, but These, quote, anti-nutrients also exert health benefits. So phytates have been found to lower cholesterol, slow digestion, and prevent rises in blood sugar. And they can have antioxidant and anti-cancer actions. So it's not like this... uh, evil thing that we should not have any of. We should just be mindful of it and also be aware that the way that you prepare grains is going to decrease the activity of these anti-nutrients so that we can absorb the nutrients that are going to be helpful for us more. So what do you do? Soak I always soak my whole grains before I cook them, mainly because I love the texture. So when I make brown rice, I soak it usually overnight or at least four hours. You can sprout your whole grains and you can cook them, which I assume you're gonna cook them anyway. So whenever you cook these foods, it decreases the activity of these anti-nutrients or inactivates them completely. So soak, sprout if you wish, cook. Fermentation also does that, so it decreases these anti-nutrients. So I kinda wonder if injetta, how it came about was partially through that, like over time. I'm sure that injetta has been made for a long, long, long time. So this might be one of the ways that it increased the nutrient absorption from the teff is through the fermentation process. And just remember that if you have an intact whole grain, whenever you cook it, it's gonna take a while. Like oat groats can take 45 to 60 minutes to cook, which to me is a sign that that is a good intact whole grain. It's got that bran in it. It's gonna do good stuff to your body. So if you've never had any of these intact whole grains before, you can start with breakfast. I think breakfast is one of the easiest places to start. Everybody's familiar with oatmeal. If you're used to just making the quick oats, start moving up the chain to more whole forms of oats make rolled oats, make steel cut oats, make oat groats. And then you're just gonna eat it the same way as you usually would, put your berries in there, put some banana, put a few nuts, you know, a little bit of plant milk. However, just the same way you make oatmeal, you can use any of the intact whole grains to make a porridge or even a mixture of the other whole grains to make a porridge for breakfast. I'm going to be demonstrating later this month how to make a millet breakfast cereal. You can use quinoa, you can use brown rice. I've had brown rice for breakfast before. Add a little plant milk, add a little maple syrup and berries, it's delicious. So it's an easy way to start incorporating whole grains into your day. Take your intact grain, boil it, cook it, add some plant milk, add some berries, add some bananas, it's so delicious. Another thing you can do is put these intact whole grains into your salads. Uh, Farro is so delicious in salads. You probably have seen it at fancy restaurants. It doesn't have to be just in fancy restaurants. You can make it in your own home. Kamut, barley, even rice. When I make salads, I put brown rice into my salads, probably because brown rice is my favorite whole grain, so I almost always have it in my fridge. I love it. Soups and stews, super easy. When you're making any super stew, just throw some whole grains, some intact whole grains in there. One that I particularly like is putting barley into a bean, veggie, chili because it's chewy. And if you miss that kind of meaty bite to ground beef, the barley has a similar meaty bite and it just adds more. Uh, Calorie density makes it nice and rich, you know, so that you have a good meal that lasts you a while. So it's easy to do that. Of course, doing stir fries, you can throw whole grains in there. Buddha or grain bowls, I have that for lunch every day. Super easy, just change out the kind of grain that you're using different beans sauces veggies oh it's so delicious these are ways that you can start incorporating more intact whole grains into your diet of course casseroles is super simple and whenever you're baking because of course there's room for all types of foods whenever you're baking start replacing your refined white enriched flours with some whole grain whole wheat flours so if You take the intact whole grain and make it into a powder. Yes, it's refined, but it's still considered whole because you had all those three layers, you just ground it up into a powder but that's better than if you just take that endosperm and grind it up into a powder. That's where you get that white flour that doesn't have the germ that doesn't have the bran, very low if any fiber in there. So you want you want to look for ones that say whole wheat, whole grain that have the three parts in there that are ground into a flour if you're going to be baking. So you probably don't know that 60% of the calories in the American diet, 60%, over half, are coming from ultra-processed foods. And just a reminder, if you wanna know the progression from a whole food to ultra-processed, so a whole is how it's found in nature. So if you take an apple off of a tree, that is a whole food. Okay. Then you have a minimally processed food. So my example is, if you take that apple, you put the whole thing in a Vitamix with the peel and all, and you make um, applesauce. That is minimally processed. Then you have a moderately processed food. Say that you just take the apple juice out of the apple, so you the peel is not there you're missing the fiber and you're just making the apple juice that is moderately processed. And then ultra processed is if you make apple jack cereal. Okay. So it's not even remotely close to that apple you took off the tree. You can't recognize it as being an apple. And you also probably can't make it in your kitchen. So ultra processed foods are ones that are made in factories and don't look even Remotely familiar to you. Like you don't really know what food it came from. That would be an ultra processed food. And in the United States, we are eating 60% of our calories from ultra processed foods. So this is not to make you feel guilty or ashamed or anything. It's just to remind you that it's super easy to get into that pattern. So we're eating Pop Tots for breakfast and, you know, we're eating chips for lunch and you know, these kinds of things, all these crackers that are ultra refined, have lots of things added to them. Lots of things taken away little by little. How can you start to incorporate more whole grains, intact whole grains into your diet and for your baked goods, for your foods that are a little bit more processed, how can we start using whole grain or whole wheat flours? I hope that this was helpful, gave you a little bit more information on our whole grains, why we want to eat more of them, why they are health promoting, why some people get super confused about what we are eating currently in the United States. Like I said, 60% ultra processed foods, a mixture of carbs, fat, salt, sugar, additives, that is not what intact whole grains are. Intact whole grains are health promoting. They're yummy, they're filling, they feel really good to eat. So which one are you going to try? Which one is your favorite? Mine is brown rice, I love it. Long grain specifically, long grain brown rice. But there's so many others. I also love millet. Go to your grocery store, go to the bulk section. This is where you're gonna find most of these intact whole grains and just try it out. What's the worst that can happen? Try it out, add it to your grain bowl, add it to your stew or your soup or your salad. Let's see how it goes and have it with your kids. For breakfast, let's make millet breakfast porridge together and we can try a different whole grain together. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful and gave you some encouragement to try more intact whole grains and let me know what you think. So send me a message on social media or if you are on my newsletter, respond to my newsletter and let me know what you thought of the new whole grain that you tried. Well, it was so nice talking to you today and I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Done.